Hello, it's us again. Thanks for joining us, listener. How are you doing this week? So you may have already realised you are listening to My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast season two. And we're taking you on a journey of education and surrogacy storytelling. And I am Michael, one of your hosts. And I'm Wes. Hello. Thank you for downloading us again. It's good to be back with you. And for those of you that are new here, welcome. This season's sponsor is the wonderful team at Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre. And we love the team at Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre. We do. They take immense pride in providing medical services of the highest calibre, tailored to suit the individual needs of each patient. In a friendly, supportive, inclusive and caring environment, Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre is a leading surrogacy clinic and was awarded Surrogacy Fertility Clinic of the Year in 2008 and 2022. So me and Wes are your hosts here on the My Surrogacy Journey podcast. Sometimes you'll hear just one of us, but today we are treating your ears to both of us, as well as our lovely guest. So today's episode is one of those that give you an insight to how the other half live and perhaps pick up some tips and tricks too. Yep. We're talking to the fantastic Sarah Williams from Payne Hicks Beach. She's one of our recommended family and surrogacy lawyers in our directory here at My Surrogacy Journey. Sarah is a partner at Payne Hicks Beach uh, and she's the head of the Modern Family Department. Sarah has expertise in fertility, surrogacy and adoption law, encompassing matters such as domestic and international surrogacy arrangements, donor conception and issues concerning parentage. In addition, Sarah has extensive experience in complex children law matters. She's described as being brilliant on the law, able to process extremely complex material in a clear, concise and timely way and by the Legal 500 as a standout individual. Hello. Hi, very nice to be here. (laughs) It's so lovely to have you here. That was an intro, wasn't it? It was, thank you very much. You are very welcome. Sarah, we don't speak to you often enough because I know how busy you are, so it's really lovely to get you in a room (laughs) and to be able to talk about everything surrogacy. Let's, um, for our lovely listener, let's tell them a little bit more about you and your firm, please. Well, I've been practising children and modern family law for a very long time, maybe 17 years, something like that. Wowzers. So I started being a specialist in children law and then as modern family law has developed, it was just a totally natural extension. And very much family creation is very much part of children law Mm -hmm. and parentage and where that falls. So it's something that I really enjoyed. And Payne Hicks Beach is a really old firm. So it started in 1770. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's in a beautiful square. It's still in the original building. No way. In Lincoln's Inn, right within the perimeters of Lincoln's Inn. Um, It's actually called New Square, even though it was built in (laughs) 1770. So we've been there a very, very long time. And we represent generations of families, dynastic families. We have big trust in estates department, landed estates, agriculture, immigration and citizenship. And then as times have moved on, we've, you know, have privacy and media reputation, modern families. We have a very famous family law department. So it's a very prestigious firm and you feel very privileged to work there. And we feel privileged that we've got you here and in our directory supporting our members. So Thank you. That's a, there's some great little facts in that already. It is, it is. And I'm really looking, I was always like, coming on the train here today, I was like, 
I was really looking forward to this podcast because I find it really fascinating. And I know there's some topics we're going to talk about and pick up later in the in the in the series, but like immigration as a prime example. I know that's one of the things that crops up really often on some of the calls that I have with people. You know, people of mixed heritage, yeah. people who are not British nationals uh, on different types of visas. I think there's there's all lots of different complexities, particularly around international surrogacy and you know coming back to the UK as well as domestic surrogacy and how that impacts them domicile status I could go on and on and on and on and and, and Wes does this so you'll you'll notice that (laughs) Wes you're absolutely right that interconnection between creating your family immigration family law which visa Mm -hmm. how are you going to come back into the country with your baby Mm -hmm. is a really big issue Mm -hmm. it is and it's often one that people don't consider or they just or they assume, consider yes. it too late. Yep. Yes, they're yep. so in the present. They're so excited about building their family, yep. understandably, yep. that <laughs> the other matters, the administrative matters are actually just sort of not on their radar for reasons it completely understand. Mm-hmm. And then there's also tax considerations as well. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why I think this this episode is going to be so vital because I think if it gives people a better insight at the start of their journey and some of the things that they need to tackle, then mm-hmm. they may approach their journey differently and think about, I mean, as a lawyer, we always encourage speak to a lawyer right at the start, understand yes. Yes. what your journey looks like, understand some of those challenges so you can start mitigating them, talking about them and understanding them much, much earlier. Absolutely. And if you've got multiple nationalities and you travel a lot, you have the world to choose from. Where mm-hmm. do you want to have your baby? Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about some of the work that's done and give people a bit of an insight to those high profile individuals that use surrogacy as a way to family build. And I hope that we're going to have some corkers and some classics and some fun facts really built into the podcast to give people like us um, a bit of an insight to how the other half live and how they build their family through surrogacy. So let's let's just start with a bit more. We know you're a specialist firm and the credentials speak for themselves. Um, why do you think people choose PHB as their family law firm? Well, often we've represented their grandparents. Mm-hmm. We have been the go-to firm for generations. Mm-hmm. So it's a trusted, it's just part of their phone book. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's that's very nice because, you know, you have that shared history with mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. and that's very important. And it's ongoing trust and you may know several members of their family. So that's very special. And other people will come because they've been referred or they're we hold their tax affairs or trust affairs. So the fact that it's a full service firm actually feeds into the every department. Mm-hmm. Um, and people come, obviously, because they know they get a very special level yeah. of advice. Without a doubt. Wes, do you want to go into the next one? Yeah. No, I was just like... <laughs> no, but I was Wes, like, Wes is like really in already. No, I was like really engaging it. And I just like, I'm just trying to process that. And I, absolutely that, because it is such a personal matter, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? It's a hugely personal matter. And there's nothing more intimate than how are you going to create your family and who do you want to share that information with? Yeah, especially if you're in the public eye as well. Absolutely, extremely intimate. It's extremely private. Some people want to share it. Other people can't imagine anything worse. Mm -hmm. And so discretion is extremely important. And I would have thought as well, when you're choosing your team, when you've got your family lawyer, I would imagine that there aren't many types of lawyers that you then 
do switch because once you've found that person that you trust and that has either worked for your family for generations or has helped you through a very tricky situation, I'd imagine that you become very loyal to yes, to, that, to that lawyer and absolutely. you to that family. And you know, you know their situation, so you're not overburdening them with mm-hmm. asking for instructions. You just know how they operate. Mm-hmm. You know the principal points of contact within the family. So. Mm-hmm. It becomes a very symbiotic relationship. And do you often work with the person engaging with you or do you work with their people? How does... Yeah, so so it can be a combination of both, but we deal with a lot of family offices. Okay. That's where a family member or families, their whole, they will have their own personal family office. Mm-hmm. And that's full of advisors and they tend to be very skillful advisors. They'll be predominantly tax advisors, mm-hmm. so very high level wealth management accountants, but they're not family lawyers. Mm -hmm. So they come to you for the specialist advice and how will parentage fall? How does this affect the line of succession, for example? What are the tax implications? What passport is going to come out of this? Do we want that passport? No, we don't. So it's all those sort of considerations. So that's the family office, or you maybe deal, if it's somebody in the media, you may be dealing with an agent. And they have no, with the greatest of respect, <laughs> they have no idea whatsoever about family law. So you have to be very careful in terms of not overloading incredibly busy people that have a hectic schedule. Mm-hmm. They just want to build their family. They don't mm-hmm. want to know the ins and outs of complex international law. No, It's on a needs to know basis. Totally. And I suppose with some of these big family offices, you're talking about, you know, the impact of, like you just mentioned, the passport could have massive tax implications Huge. or could have massive implications. Yes. Inheritance. Never, inheritance. I yes. never really understood the magnitude of some of these decisions. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when you are talking about ultra net worth and, and big family estates, this is it's a massive consideration. It's a, it? it's a very real consideration. And that's why you feel very privileged to work you literally have the tax, immigration, media and privacy department within the same firm. So we're all on message. What do we want so to achieve? So fascinating. I think we need to set up a family office. We, <laughs> I, I wish we had a family office. Don't think we're quite there I yet. think that's Mary. <laughs> yeah, Mary's have a family. I need about 15 people and then you'll be all right. Uh, let's just pretend we've got a family team. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like the questions that we wanted to talk about can go out of the window because I, I'm just, I'm already thinking of other ways this can can move. But let's 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 uh, let's keep the script. Let's we'll keep. To, it, it's off, not normally me that topic. goes off topic. Go on, Wes. But what are this? What are the some of the considerations that like this? Either the family offices, the private individual. What are some of the things, the considerations that they need from you? Well, th- certain things that, that are totally taken for granted is that they're going to receive excellent advice and it's going to be holistic advice, so that we're not advising in silos in effect so we are not the family then the immigration then the tax and estates and will planning all of those things you have to do in a line you may you may also want to talk about prenups or postnups if you're if you're dealing with embryos so you have to say what is it that you want to achieve and how can we get there wow it, yeah, you didn't even think about the prenups no the not at all have the... we got prenups <laughs> no we have no prenups And also which jurisdiction, because, you know, if you've got multiple homes, which is the most preferable? Where are you domiciled? Which is a huge question. This will be diluted once the law reform, if the proposals come in, because 
that's going to change. The criteria of being domiciled will be reduced to mm-hmm. a will bit that help residence. you? I think it will make an enormous difference. If you have a high profile individual who is here for a short period of time, mm-hmm. you don't want to say they're domiciled if they're not domiciled. No, uh, they might be in LA for a, a big portion of the year. And it's an intention to permanently remain. That's a really high bar for people. Yeah. 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 And now people are moving all the time with mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. socially. So actually the dilution to being habitually resident will make an enormous difference. Fascinating. Nice segue in there to, to capture in the, yeah. the future as well. Yes, and you've got, you've got so many countries in Europe, so France, Germany, Spain, where yeah. surrogacy is actually really challenging. You may get the biological parent mm-hmm. recognition of parent, but for the second parent having to adopt, it can take years it's a really unsatisfactory yeah. legal position. Mm-hmm. And if you're high net worth, you just don't want no. any queries at all no. over parentage. That no. is your line of succession. That's everything. Yeah. So it may be that if you have options, you do want to explore where can I establish parentage the mm-hmm. quickest. That's a huge consideration. It is. And I think given that advice, given all of the dynamics of, of that specific case is, is invaluable to that person, isn't it? Yes, Yeah, absolutely. It really is. So we know that you are no stranger to those and and helping those that are in the public eye that that want your expert advice, you know, your knowledge, the access to that incredible team that that obviously works with you. Can you give us sensitively a bit of a, a, a look into or some inside knowledge to how maybe the other half live and what what does that look like? Let's 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 explore that a little bit. I think it's the sheer number of people that are involved in an individual's life. So you're talking about very intimate matters, but you rarely speak to somebody on their own without a family advisor, the family office, mm-hmm. their agent. You'll find that you're organising a conference and you'll need you know six or eight chairs in the room, even though you've got one client. Wow. Um, and then they may come with a a security detail so that's something that is just part and parcel of their life so it's it's the sheer number of people that you are dealing with and just operating on very very tight lines of discretion and making sure that NDAs must be a common thing absolutely in your world now. absolutely and is a lot of the interaction through technology or do you have to visit their homes or do they come to you? Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll accommodate. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to their homes if that's more reasonable or if, if they're just incredibly busy, it suits them to go to their home. Absolutely, we'll go to their home. Otherwise, it's a lot of um, encrypted messaging services like WhatsApp or Telegram, oh, cool. email maybe, phone calls. But you have to grab people when you can grab people. Yeah, I can imagine. And can uh, imagine. I'm just th- I'm in taking my the head, time zones. In of course, exactly yeah. the time zones. In yeah. my head, I'm just thinking succession. <laughs> the, the program succession. Michael doesn't watch it, but I, I don't. Watch, it just we're like, obsessed with this program. I was obsessed with it. Do you watch it as well? Absolutely. <laughs> but that's in my head. That's what I'm thinking. Is that right? <laughs> uh, well, obviously, that's a program with huge power struggles and some really unpleasant individuals. But. Um, the idea of those diagnostic families is mm-hmm. very is something we deal with. Wow, love it! I, I'm, I don't want this one to end. When someone engages with you, what are the general requests tend to be like? Because I'm, I'm assuming when someone finds you, 
they know the type of person that you are and who you deal with. What are the deal breakers or requests that your clients will give you? I, I think it's efficiency. It's knowing you want to do it this way, we'll do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mm-hmm. accommodation of particular requests and a, we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. We know people in so many jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, and I suppose your firm has built up such a global connection with absolutely. people that they need to, to facilitate whatever's you know appropriate or needed for your clients. Yeah. And, and also, if, if you're dealing with third parties, how you guarantee that ongoing discretion yeah. and confidentiality, which yeah. is hugely important. Mm. You and know, a you're huge very protective for them. Absolutely. You're very, very protective of your client. Yeah. And you want to ensure that that, is, that respect is given all the way through. But you might get some odd requests, like can we have a, can uh, we have some little? Give us a tiny. You might get some odd requests. I mean, maybe it's not that odd now, but um, I remember the sort of requests coming, particularly from clients that travel globally and very influenced by the American egg donor and surrogacy market as it was emerging, and the sort of need to have a Ivy League scholar donor. Yeah. And you still see that to a degree. Yeah, you do. You do. do. I think it's diluted. And I think the more influence or wealth you have, then the more potential you can request and make sure that you get exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I suppose it's that used to being in control of your life. Mm -hmm. And surrogacy, as, as we all know, is something which requires a huge amount of patience there's a very limited amount you can control. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question, actually, Sarah. How do you? So you know, a lot of these people they're not they're not used to know. They get what they want when they want it. It all happens exactly as as they want it. You know, it's, like you just mentioned, surrogacy is a very dynamic mm. situation. Mm. How do you or they deal with that scenario where it's they're, they're out of control? They're relying on other people. It's very much managing expectations right from the very beginning. Never offering false hope is really important. Mm -hmm. It is, a, as you say, totally dynamic. Often there's enormous pregnancy loss. Uh, Single individuals are often just desperate to have that family. Mm -hmm. Heterosexual couples are coming from a huge place of loss, Mm -hmm. often cancer, illness, multiple pregnancy failures, and Mm same-sex couples are just desperate to start their family. So whatever situation individuals are in it's just let's just try our very best but there's only so much we can control yeah and i suppose extra care is taken with gametes become hugely precious yeah for everybody Mm -hmm. this isn't just about high net worths i mean for everybody it's a hugely private intimate very stressful process Mm -hmm. but taking care being really sensitive but sending the message that be patient yeah it's be not a sprint. It is not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That may be one thing that you just can't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, you've been involved in surrogacy for a number of years now. What, what are some of the things that you really enjoy about surrogacy? Well, I mean, the other side of my practice is often very contentious. Yeah. Long running, international, you know, high profile disputes. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as you want those to settle and be resolved, sometimes you just have to wait yeah. for, for the court hearing. So surrogacy is something where you just, when the joy happens of a baby, there's nothing like it. No. 
it isn't law at that stage. It's it's no. something else. It's a different celebration, it is. isn't it? Rather than yes. you know the the cases that you must have to you know endure that take time and and where children are you know at that core of where is this child going to you know reside or be with yes. or what does that look yes. like? Yes. A surrogacy case is clearly. The joy yeah. in that side. And the child is so wanted. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, and the love suppose, is overwhelming. Yeah. And I suppose like us, you've been working with them right from the start. I and mean, then you've been uh, with on that journey with them right yes. from the start yeah. to get yes. to the yeah. end point must yes. be... Like, the, like, the loss, the highs are high and the lows are very low. Of course, of course. And we, we mentioned Fiona, who is renowned within that disputes element. For those, for, the, for our listener um, now, tell us a bit more about Fiona. Um, give us some insights. Well, she's just the most famous divorce lawyer in England. I think you only have to Google yeah. um, her to see the extent of the people that she's represented. represented. And yeah. I think I remember a case where it wasn't like a jug of water include, involved in Yeah, I think. Yes. That was a particular <laughs> yeah. musician, I believe, and, and, and someone else. And there's been royalty and all sorts. It's just her credentials are phenomenal. Yeah, we'd love to get her on a podcast. Imagine oh, my story. word. <laughs> could you imagine? She probably couldn't even talk to us. But anywho, let's type back to surrogacy. It's still the same wherever it's managed and how it's managed. But are you seeing any particular trends at the moment or or emerging destinations with surrogacy that might be concerning you or or just something that you're definitely seeing? A... Or that your clients are asking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a really good question because the US used to be so sure. Yeah. I mean, that used to be, there was no other destination that you'd even consider. consider. Yeah, sure. You know, if you have the means and you just want a professional contractual surrogacy relationship, or even if you want a sort of more intimate relationship, the yeah. fact that the US was just so set up for that. So oiled, just worked. Absolutely. It was, it was a tried and tested, you know, early parentage. That's what everybody was after. Yeah. Um, and available surrogates. Mm-hmm. Independent, you know, all the checks and balances were there. But what has been happening in America has caused a lot of consternation. Mm -hmm. States like Florida, for example, Mm -hmm. um, are not the destinations that they used to be. No, Um, there's there's very restrictive abortion laws there now, um, and that has implications for IVF. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not about abortion. It's about the whole fertility cycle and the eligibility of same-sex couples for IVF. So there's huge ramifications. So I think there are shifting sands in America that people are keeping their eye on. Mm -hmm. So I think California will still be, is doing everything it can to protect, protect its reputation. But I'm very interested to hear about your Mexico city because this is really exciting. Mm. You know, there are other destinations like Ukraine, Nobody, you know, that's just terrible what's happening there. But nobody's going to go to Ukraine no. or Well, you'd Georgia. hope to think they wouldn't be re-engaging, but people are. But people are. And that's, and, and obviously with, with the recent news of, of the changes happening in Georgia. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think what's really struck me over the last year is how dynamic the global surrogacy pathway is and how it can just change very, very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there, there aren't, you know, a, a massive amount of destinations globally that you can use. No, that's but, right. But it, it's, yeah. it's ever changing. I mean, like the changes in Georgia just came out of the blue and yes. we weren't expecting them. No. And that's that's yeah. having a massive impact on a global level. Yes. You know? 
Yeah. It isn't just Georgia. No. It's all those intended parents that have travelled, invested and are waiting for their baby. And and it it impacts places like Cyprus, where a lot of the surrogates are from Georgia. And And, uh, and, uh, Greece, a lot of the the surrogates in Greece come from Georgia. Yes. So the the, the, the ramifications. It does does ripple out. It really does. And does have an effect on it. And I think there is that side where people are, those emerging jurisdictions, as you say, you'll get surrogates in Greece but in fact they're from Georgia yeah so it's doing real due diligence totally. as to what is the end chain how yeah, does absolutely. that look so everybody you're dealing with is a responsible yeah. partner so that there's no exploitation and asking the question about where what is the jurisdiction of this surrogate Do you know where, absolutely where are they absolutely. and will they be where are they giving birth yeah because absolutely I have this a lot with Cyprus you know and a lot of same-sex couples use Cyprus as an option for varying reasons, but they don't assume they assume their uh, surrogate is from Cyprus. Yes. And that's, well, that's not the case. No, and it's like, not. What you have to understand is the wider implications here. So that you know, for whatever reason, if your surrogate does give birth in Georgia, mm. you have a you problem. You are on not your hand. going mm. to get your baby. You mm. know, there's a very complex problem there, Hugely and one which complex. could have been avoided if you'd have understood absolutely what the implications of using a Georgian surrogate are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's the it's the whole passport. It, what? It, how are you going to extract your baby from Georgia how long is it going to take for you to complete that legal process if you can complete it at all because you're a same-sex couple where surrogacy is illegal in that country and you're so it's again it's that blinkered blind you know you just aren't in that space because you're just thinking in the here and the now absolutely so it's and that's a perfect reason why you should get legal advice right from the start so that you understand that Uh the route that you're planning to take Uh what are the impacts and the lawyer would help you understand all of those and this is not as beating the drum saying you've got to go get a lawyer but yeah. it's the most sensible approach but it kind of is saying that really it is but it's like wh- why wouldn't you yeah agreed it's it's your baby totally and you just want your ba- you want to have your baby in a safe environment totally. and then you want to be able to bring your baby home yep totally. and it's how are you going to do that and i think it's very hard for people that have come from loss or they're desperate for a baby the last thing they want to do is navigate complex international laws there's no harmonization at all not at all and there's no empathy from certain jurisdictions for that either no you know this was a planned event yes um you know if you haven't got your shit together yeah Yeah, that's it that is it that is it that is it but you are doing amazing work in raising the awareness through the foundation and through the learning and the resources and and the podcasts thank you no, but it's it's fantastic. Thank you very much. And it helps people navigate. Actually, this is not right for me, but this one is right mm-hmm. for me. And that's what it's all about. It's, yeah. it's yeah. There's a right path for everyone, but we need to find out which is the right path for you. And Absolutely. Make sure you consider all of the elements to know and, that that's the right path. And we've met some incredible people along the last six, seven years of us, you know, being parents through through this method. And and what better way to share all of our contact? Well, it's very brave. You're always very. Uh, it's very disarming how how you share your intimate story and i think people really respect that that's really and learn from it let's hope so so sarah what about pjs tell me about pjs does anyone ever send a pj for you obsessed with private jets (laughs) um well so if you if you are bringing your baby back on your private jet which you know it doesn't have the problems 
as we were talking about last week, where you need to buy three tickets yeah. necessarily going out. <laughs> yeah. You have to buy that seat for that baby, even on your outbound as well as your... So we're talking about commercial there, aren't commercial, we? Commercial, <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what us commoners have to do. If you're on your private jet, you don't need to worry about that. But what you will do is you'll come in through the VIP lane at Heathrow. So I, as your lawyer, will write and say you're going through the process of a parental order application and you'll forewarn the immigration authorities in advance with the tail number of the, the jet. PJ, wow. Oh it's so all it's going on, smooth, isn't it? It's a very smooth pass. Oh, my word. This is the world I want to live in. It really is. I'm world. obsessed with PJ. <laughs> that is a corker. Final question. Yeah, final question. Which I don't want this one to end, but this has been no. a really great discussion. Um, give us a fun fact. Tell us, tell us something that we might not know about... About surrogate, anything you want, go, you go for it. Well, this is very niche. This is very niche. And it only really affects sort of um, those with a peerage or a baronetcy. <laughs> there may not be many. Um, you never know. It is something that's not very well known. If you have a child through a donor egg or through a licensed clinic, that will be your legitimate child if you're a commoner, in effect. Um, and if you have a child via surrogacy. But if you have a title and you have a child by a surrogate, then the title won't be passed on. So that has really significant consequences. Wow. Not an issue for me and you, Wes. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we could be, be bestowed a peerage at some point. Y- we? Yeah, we could actually. You know, let's let's have a hereditary one. It could, it could be a, the king might bestow us with one. You never know. You never know. Yeah, let's let's be positive. So that so you would you could not you're a lord or a lady, that title would be just not be passed down to that child? It just for succession purposes, no. So and that's something to bear in mind. And the implications on estate, on inheritance. Yes. It's huge. Huge. <gasps> wow. That I wonder it. if we could change that. That needs changing. It I mean, it's, it's totally discriminatory. Right, Fiona, we should, we should if you're listening, on that, shouldn't we? <laughs> Baroness Shackleton. Yeah. Um, let's get that one dealt with. Yes, we should. Most definitely. Amazing. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. We really thank appreciate you so your time. Much. It's been lovely to listen to uh, all of those elements. And look, it's it's such a... I think it's a topic that people just naturally wouldn't have thought about. But are really interested to A really about. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really, a really good one. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh my goodness, isn't isn't she just fabulous? She was. I always knew she was going to be, and I can't tell you, but my favourite bit... I know what your favourite part it was. It is all about the PJs, <laughs> all about the PJs. I find it so fascinating. For those of you that know and love Wes, you'll know that he's obsessed, one, with that TV show that he mentioned, but also um, with with the lives and the private jet lifestyle. So anyway, if you want to find out more about My Surrogate's journey and understand the breadth of the directory uh, that contains experts like the wonderful Sarah Williams and our completely unique membership, then please head over to our website, www.mysurrogacyjourney.com, or you can find us over on Instagram, official My Surrogacy Journey. If you like this episode, then subscribe to the series and we'll have another episode coming for you weekly. This season's sponsor is the wonderful team at Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre. And we love the team at Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre. We do. They take immense pride in providing medical services of the highest calibre, tailored to suit the individual needs of each patient. In a friendly, supportive, inclusive and caring environment, Hearts and Essex Fertility Centre is a leading surrogacy clinic and was awarded Surrogacy Fertility Clinic of the Year in 2008 and 2022. 
Thanks for listening. We've been My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast. And we're your hosts. Goodbye. Bye-bye.